Shalom to all. Today's daf is Erev and Kuf Dalid. We're starting six lines from the top with the brand new Mishnah. Today's daf is sponsored by Yaakov Yosef Yoshua ben Simcha. Hashem should bless him and his family with Shefa Parnasa, Nachas, and continued health until 120. And our Mishnah teaches us yet another difference between Mikdash and Medina. We're allowed to crush and sprinkle salt on the ramp in the Mizbeach so that the Kahanim shouldn't slip. When it would rain, the ramp in the Mizbeach would get slippery. Remember, the Mizbeach was outside exposed to the elements, so in order if the Kohanim didn't slip, they would crush and sprinkle salt on Mizbech. That would be permitted on Shabbos. This is like the olden day version of salting the roads so the cars don't slip. The Kohanim allowed to fill up water from the well that's called Bar Hagadol, the well of the exiles, and from the well that's called Bar Hagadol, the great well, Begalgal. They're allowed to do so with a windlass. Bishabbos on Shabbos. Now, windlass is an apparatus used for lifting heavy weights. It consists of a wheel that the rope or cable is wound around, and then a crank that turns that wheel, pulling up or letting down the weight on the end of the rope. This is actually a modern-day term. It's found in many a ship, at the port, and in industries that require heavy lifting. So in our case, it's meant to draw water out of the well. That's permitted on Shabbos. Be'er Hakir, says the Mishnah, we're also allowed to draw water from Be'er Hakir. That's what it's called, Be'yantef on Yantef. And the Gemara is going to discuss all this. Now the Gemara asks Rami he asked Rava, Tanan, we have a Mishnah, we'll add a crush and sprinkle salt on the ramps so that the Kayanim don't slip. But Mikdash in, that's permitted in the base of Mikdash, from Medina, but not in the Medina. For many, we have a Stira. We have a Chatzar that got ruined because of all the rainwater, so it's all muddy and gross. Maybe Tevin Umar Debo, we're allowed to take straw and sprinkle it out. And we see that that's permitted even in the Medina, not only in the base of Mikdash. Say, Shani Tevin, straw is different, because he doesn't nullify it there, he's going to take it back afterwards. And we can Discussing this. What exactly is the story with the salt? How are we sprinkling it? If he's mavatle to the ramp, he's just going to leave it there forever. So he's adding on to the binyan. He's adding on to the base of Mikdash. And that's Usr. We have a Pasuk that says, all of it is in writing. It was clarified to me from the hand of Hashem. This is what David HaMelech told Shlomo HaMelech. And he was telling him that you're not allowed to add on anything. We have to do it exactly as Hashem told me. So if we add salt, then we're going to leave it on the Mizbech. So that's going to be adding on to the Mizbech. Read the Loikam And if he's not being Mavatla to the ramp, Kahavi Chatzitza. So it's a Chatzitza. We know the Kayanim had to walk around barefoot. They were not allowed to walk around with shoes. That's because their feet had to touch the actual floor of the base of Mikdash or the floor of the ramp in the Mizbech. And if they're touching salt, so that's a Chatzitza and that's problematic. So what exactly was the setup with the salt? So the Gemara answers by Lechaz Evarim We're talking about a kain bringing the Evarim, the limbs of the Karbanas, up the ramp to be burnt on the Mizbech. The lava Vaidahi, that's not part of the Avaida, so his feet are allowed to touch salt. It's not considered Chatzitza. Ask the Gemara Valoi. Valksiv, it says in the Pasuk, Vehikar Vakainas Akal, Vehikar Mizbecha, and the kain should bring all of it and burn it on the Mizbech. Vahamar Mar, Zuhay Lechaz Evarim Lekevish. This is talking about bringing the Evarim up the ramp of the Mizbech so that it should be burnt, and that's part of the Avaida. We say, El Ema, it must be by Lechaz Eitzel Maracha. He's bringing up more wood to burn on top of the Mizbech, the lava Vaidahi, that's not part of the Vaida, so that's when they would sprinkle the salt, and that's not considered a Chatzitza. However, they would have to remove it when the actual Vaida was taking place. Darsh Rava, Hidarshin, Chatzashin, Skakalab, Megishamim. We have a Chatzar that got ruined because of the rainwater there. Maybe Tevin, he's allowed to take straw, Umardaba, and sprinkle it around the Chatzar. Armalayer of Papa, Rava, Vatanyu. We have a brass that says, Kshumarda, when he's sprinkling it around, any Marda, Loibasav, Loibakupa, he's not allowed to do so out of the basket or the box. He's not allowed to take it and shake it out as we would to make it nice and even, because that's Uvdechal, that's a normal way to do it. Elbashule Kupa, he has to do it on the bottom of the box. He has to turn over the box, put the straw in it, and then he could shake it out. So we see very clearly that this Brisa says, you're not allowed to just spread it out, whereas Rav 
Rava, seemed to have said you could just spread it out with no problem. So Hadar Aikim Rava, Amaira Lei, Rava then went back and he set up a speaker on this, meaning he appointed someone in Amaira, a speaker, not in Amaira like Amaira versus Atana. And Amaira means a speaker, a person who's going to offer the official retraction. Vidarshan, this person, Darshan, Dvarm Shamati Lufnechem, that which I said to you previously, Tosin Biadi, they were a mistake. Biram in truth, Kachar Mushim Reblezer, this is what was said in the name of Reblezer, Kshumarda, when he's sprinkling it in the Chatzar, and Amar Deloy Basavla Bekupa, he's not to do so with the box or the basket, El Bashule Kupa, only with the bottom of the box, and only then it's mutter. We continue with another part of the Mishnah, Malin Mara Gaila, we can fill from the Bar Hagaila, Ula Ikleber of Menasha, Ula visitor of Menasha's house on Shabbos, Asu Gavra Darva Bava, a person came and knocked on the door. Amar Ula said, Manhai, who's this person? Litacha Gufei, the Kamachalel Shabbata. His body should be desecrated because he desecrated Shabbos. Ula held that by knocking on the door, he's being Mashmiakal, he's making a sound, and that's considered Usr, even though the sound doesn't have any music to it. Amalei Rabba, Rabba told Ula, the only Isr of being Mashmiakal is only if it has music to it. And this is no music, he's just knocking on the door, he wants to get in. Es Rabbi, Abai asks on Rabba, Malin Bidyaifi, we're allowed to fill up with a Diyaifi. Now, Diyaifi is a word that's a conjugation of diyay two and fi mouths. It's two straws put together. Each end is in a different barrel, and wine is siphoned from one barrel to the other. That's permitted on Shabbos. Umatifin mi arak lechayla b'Shabbos. And we're allowed to drip water from an arak for a sick person on Shabbos. What's an arak? We're not talking about black licorice flavored alcohol, most commonly found by Svardim. It's a jug of sorts with little holes on the bottom and a narrow top which is corked. The water cannot drip out the bottom because of the vacuum effect caused by the cork. Now, when the cork is removed, the water drips out onto a plate and makes this little pinging sound. Now, this is meant either to wake up a sick person or to put him to sleep. We're not going to shake the sick person because we don't want to frighten him. So what's the question? What do we see from here? We're allowed to do so for a sick person and not for a healthy person. Doesn't mean that he's sleeping and he needs to wake up. We see that you're not allowed to create sound even though the sound does not have any music to it. We're trying to create a pinging sound so that he wakes up. And this is only permitted for a sick person, but not for a person who's healthy. So we see that even just making regular sounds would be Asr and Shabbos because of Ayludei Kola. Question on Rabbah. Gemara answers like, the tear of a Kabayl Delenim, he's actually awake and we need to put him to sleep. The Mishtamaki called him Zume, when this water hits the plate, it makes bell-like sounds and it's not a pinging sound, so it's actually like music. Ace, we have another question on Rabbah. Hamishan Paris of Bnei a person who's guarding his fruit so that birds don't eat it, would love Bnei or his gourds so that wild animals don't eat it. Mishtamaki Kedarka, Bishabbos, he's allowed to watch it like he usually does, even though it's Shabbos, Ubavachlai Sapek, as long as he doesn't clap, Vlay Tapach, he's not to beat his chest, Vlay Rakade, he's not to stamp his feet, like he usually does during the wheat, some sort of Indian war dance to get the animals to stay away from his food. My time why is it that it's us to do so on Shabbos? Lav the Kamailid Kala isn't because he's being Mailid Kala, he's making noise, he's clapping his hands and stamping his feet, and that's Usr. And any type of creation of noise, even though it doesn't have any music to it, is Usr. No, that's nothing to do with Ailude Kala. Perhaps he's going to end up taking a rock and throwing it at the animal and the bird to get it away. That's why we say that he's not allowed to even go so far as clapping, beating his chest, or stamping his feet, because then he might end up picking up a rock. It has nothing to do with Ailude Kala. Women that are playing with nuts, Usr, that would be Usr on Shabbos. This was a game where they would roll one nut and try to smash into the other nuts. Little kids in Arsisrael have this game called Gulot. It's with marbles. They roll one marble and try to smash into the other one. My time, why is that game Usr? Love to come Isn't it because it's making noise? Because the nuts make noise when they roll and when they hit each other? 
Lailu they call Aser, and any sort of noise, even though it doesn't have any music to it, is Aser. We say, Lai, Dilma Aser, Shvi Gumais, maybe they're going to end up smoothing out something on the ground, and that's going to be Aser. If you don't say that's the reason for the Aser, Hadam Ravi Huda, Ravi Huda said, Nashim Sachas Betapuchim Aser, women are not allowed to play this game with apples, meaning it's the same game with these nuts, it's just with apples, and that's Aser. What type of noise are you making when you're rolling apples? Apples don't make noise. Ella Dilmas the Shwi Gumas, it must be the Isra is a Shwi Gumas. So we don't have any questions on Rabbah, and it's very possible that the whole Isr of Ilude Kala is only when you're making something of musical nature, but not just plain noise. Now we're going to try to bring a question for our Mishnah on Rabbah. Tanan, we have a Mishnah. We're allowed to fill up water from this Barahagadol or Barahagadol with this windlass on Shabbos. It's permitted only in Mikdash and not in the Medina. My timer, Lamishum Dilude Kala, isn't because you're making noise. This windlass makes a lot of noise. The Usr, and that would be Usr, and it's only permitted in the Mikdash and not in the Medina. We say, light, not Araya. We're afraid that if we allow you to do so, even outside the base of Mikdash, you're going to fill up extra water for your gina, for your garden, or your churva, the plants that you have in this abandoned building that's near you. And since it's so easy to fill up water with this windlass, we're afraid you're going to end up doing that, and that's going to be Usr. He allowed people to fill up water with this windlass in Mechuzah. Amar, he said, My time, Why the Rabbanon say that you're not allowed to do so usually? Maybe you're going to fill up extra water for your gina or your churva. No one has gardens, and there's no abandoned buildings, so therefore we don't have to be afraid. However, keeping the Kachaza, since he saw, that they were soaking flax in this water, so then he said it was Asr for them. And we had said in our Mishnah, Be'er Hakir, we're allowed to fill up water from this Be'er Hakir on Yantif Banan and Shabbos. My Be'er Hakir, what's this Be'er Hakir? Amr Shmuel, Bar Shehikru Aleha Dvarim Vitirua. It was this well that there was many things said about it, and they permitted it. The people came up from Gullus, and they came to Eretz Yisrael, and they needed water desperately, and it was Yantif. And this well had many discussions about it. Are we allowed to draw water from it or not? We have a Takanas Chum that say we're not allowed to do so because maybe you're going to fill up extra water for the Gin or the Churva. On the other hand, we have a lot of people that need water. So therefore, they permitted it. So that's why it's called Hakir Shehikru Aleha. They said they spoke many words about it. Ask the Gemara Mesa, we have a Brysa. They did not allow all the Bars Hakaris except for this one. If you're going to say the reason why it's called Be'er Hakir is because there was many words spoken about it. Why does the Brysa say only this one but not other ones? It seems to be that there was only one well being discussed. So Really Be'er Hakir means a Be'er of flowing water. It's fed by a live spring. Shenemar, it says in the Pasuk, as a wellspring causes its waters to flow, so we see his lashon of hakir and buyers like the word be'er, so it has to do with a well being fed by a spring. Gufa, we just mentioned, when they came up to Eretz Yisrael from Galas, they camped by it, and the prophets among them, the Nevi'im that were with them, allowed them to use it on Yontef. It doesn't actually mean that the Nevi'im were there, we weren't talking about Chag HaZachari Malachi, it means that they had their minig of their forefathers that they were allowed to use this well on Yantif. And the Mishnah says, Sharetz Shunin Mikdash, a dead Sharetz was found in the base of Mikdash. Kain Metziyah Behemyane, a Kain removes it with his belt. He takes it out. This is Mutter on Shabbos, even though usually Mukta is Asr to Metatal, since the base of Mikdash, we push away a Shvos because of the cover of the base of Mikdash. Shaloy Lashisatoma, we want to take it out right away with his belt because we don't want Toma to be sitting around in the base of Mikdash longer than necessary. They were Abiyach and Rebraika. Rabbi Hudaimer, he says, but seven Shal eights, you take it out with a pair of wooden tongs, Shaloy Lirus. Tuma, we don't want to create more Tuma, and this belt is going to become Tame by touching the Sheretz, whereas this wood is not going to become Tame, it's Pshute Kliates, so it's better if the Sheretz sits around a little bit longer until we can find a piece of wood that we can take it out with, as opposed to having the belt 
become Tame. And the Mishnah continues, Where are we going to remove this Sheretz from in the Beis HaMikdash? From the Heichol, the Ulam, or from in between the Ulam and the Mizbeach, the Rav Shem Ben-Nanas, but any other part of the Beis HaMikdash, we're not going to remove it. Rabbi Kiva, he says, Any place that if a person goes there and he's Tame, and he goes there, he'd be Chayv Karis, if he went there, he'd be Chayv Chatas, from there you're going to remove the Sheretz, this is even in the Azara, and all the other places in the Beis HaMikdash, we cover it with a copper pot and then we'll remove it after Shabbos. Now this next statement in the Mishnah has nothing to do with this Mishnah itself. Rabbi Shimon Emer, he says, A place where the Chacham allowed you to do something, they were just giving you something that's yours. And the next part of his statement, they only allowed you to do something, and we're going to understand what this means. And the Gemara says, If a person brings something into the base of Mikdash that became Tame by touching a Sheretz, he's going to be Sheretz, at my Potter, but if he brings in a Sheretz itself, so he's Potter. My time, why is that? Amar Kral, the Pasuk From male to female, they shall be sent out of the Beis HaMikdash if they're Tameh. Mish Ishlei Tar B'Mikvah, someone that's able to become Tar in a Mikvah, such as a male or a female. Yatza Sheretz, that excludes the Sheretz itself. Shanley Tar B'Mikvah, it can't become Tar in the Mikvah. You can put it in the Mikvah as much as you want. It's not going to become Tar. So therefore, if you bring it into the Beis HaMikdash, you're not going to be Chayv. Let's say this is a proof to him. From male to female, you should send them out. This excludes a Klicheres in earthen word Kli. That's Rabbi Yisagli's opinion. My taima, why is that? Lav Mishum is not because the Leslie Tar of Mikvah, that a Klicheres can't become Tar in a Mikvah, so therefore it doesn't have to be brought out of the base of Mikdash. We say, Lord, that's not a Raya. Mishanasa Avatoma, only something that can become an Avatoma has to be brought out of the base of Mikdash. Yatza Klicheres, Shainanasa Avatoma, this excludes a Klicheres, it can't become Avatoma. So we don't have a Raya from here. We say, Lemik Tanai, let's say this is like a Machlekes Tanaim. Shrat Shinim Sam Mikdash, we have a Sherat that was found in the base of Mikdash. Kain Matsia Behemyane, a Kain takes it out with his belt. Shlailish is Satoma, so we don't have Thomas sitting around the base of Mikdash longer than necessary. That's his opinion. Rabbi Yehuda Imer, he says, We take it out with this piece of wood. So as not to increase Toma, we don't want to create more Toma by taking it out with the belt. According to Ma'an Amr, that we don't want to let Toma sit longer than necessary. That whoever brings the Sheretz in the base of Mikdash is Chayv. And so there's real Toma sitting in the base of Mikdash, which is their problem. That's why you got to remove it as quick as possible, even though the Kain's belt is going to become Tomei. And according to Ma'an Amr, that says that we just don't want to increase Heels that bring a sheretz in the base of Mikdash is putter because there's no isra of it just sitting there. So therefore, the only thing we have to be cautious of is not to create new tama, but it's a lot to sit there. The Gemara says, "Why it's not necessarily a raya to kol Everyone could technically say that you're chayiv for bringing sheretz in the base of Mikdash. What's the machlekes of the tanoim in our Mishnah? Rabbi Huda holds that it's better to have tama sitting and waiting as opposed to creating brand new tama by making the kain's belt, which is kadesh tamei. Marsover and Rabbi Yechon hold afushi tama adef. It's better to create brand new Tumah and not have it sitting around in the base of Mikdash longer than necessary. So the Gemara suggests Elkahani tonight, it's like the following Machlekes tonight. Dinan, we have in our Mishnah, Mechen Baitzinai say, where to remove this Sheretz from, and there was Machlekes whether or not we're going to remove it from Lazara. My love, Hakam Efigli, it must be this in Machlekes. According to the first Manda Amar, that we do not remove a Sheretz from Lazara, we cover it over and wait till after Shabbos, because however he holds a Machlekes Sheretz from Mikdash Potter. If you bring a Sheretz in the base of Mikdash, say your Potter. According to the Manda Amar, that you remove it from the entirety of Lazara, because however Chayv, he would hold if you bring a Sheretz into the base of Mikdash, so you would be Chayiv. So the Gemara Kofi Amaralf on the top says, that's not necessarily a Raya, they're not necessarily arguing whether or not it's us to bring a Sheretz into the base of Mikdash. Amar Biechen, he says, they both dash in the same Pasuk, they just argue about it. It says in the Pasuk, in regards to Chizkiah removing all the Avedah Zara that was placed in the base of Mikdash by Achaz, his father, the Pasuk tells us, and the Kayanim came inside to the house of Hashem to purify it, and they removed all the Tumah that they found in the Hechal of Hashem. 
Hashem into the courtyard of the house of Hashem. And then the Levim came and they received it in order to take this Toma, this Kidron outside. So we see from this Pasuk that the Kaihanim carried it into the Azara, and then from there, Levim took it. And now we explain, Since in the Azara, this Toma changed hands from the Kaihanim to the Levim, what do we see from here? Toma Bazar Leka, that there isn't really such an issue of having Toma in the Azara, so it doesn't justify allowing the Kain to become Tome with it in the Azara. That's why he had to hand it off to the Levim. Umar Savar and Rabbi Kiva holds, Up until where it's impossible for the Levim to remove it, when it's in the base of Mekdash itself, so Levim can't go in there, they can't remove it, so therefore the Kahanim have to remove the Toma. Now that it's possible for the Vim to remove it, so the Kahanim don't have the right to become Tame anymore. However, when it comes to our Mishnah, and we're talking about a Sheretz that's sitting in the Azara, we still have to remove that Sheretz from the Azara, and that's why according to Bikiva, it's permitted to remove the Sheretz from the Azara, even on Shabbos, and we don't have to cover it over with a Kli. We're going to pause here for the day. Everyone should have a wonderful day.